This is the podcast for September 17th, 2010. It's not safe for work. Recorded live from the wrong side of Christine O'Donnell's bundling board, it's The Professional Left with Drift Glass and Blue Gal. Every bad fifth grade masturbation joke just, you know, exploded leaps to mind. Exploded on Twitter. Exploded. <laughs> exploded a glorious, yeah. And the, my little contribution to the discourse was, remember, there was no sex in the campaign room. <laughs> Apparently, uh-huh. it's the obsession of, Christine, of, of the Republican nominee yes. for Senate in Delaware. Yes. You know, we make jokes about Christine O'Donnell and masturbation and... That's probably going to go on endlessly for the next six weeks. <laughs> yes. But really, it, it's important to recognize that what's going on with the Republican Party and the religious right is a failure of theocracy. Wonderful British documentary, The Power of Nightmares, tracing the, the parallel you know, history, the intertwined history of the neocons in American politics and the jihadis in the Middle East, mm-hmm. who both desperately need each other, who are both basically fringe, crazy movements that everybody rejected and who, who built each other up into fantasy enemies that they can now lean on. Mm-hmm. But one of the things that the, the documentary pointed out was that that Al-Qaeda and you know extremism, uh, jihadism, was a failed, completely failed political movement mm-hmm. be- because it kept it got into the purity test death spiral. Right. You were never pure enough that you started off with, we'll use politics, and then we're going to use weapons, and we're going to use weapons against anybody who supports – who anybody who votes. Yeah. Because voting supports – Supports the West, yes. Depraved yeah. democracies. Right. Anybody who, who's a tourist and anybody who really doesn't support us is the enemy. And without the bomb, literal bomb throwing, yep. that is exactly the spiral the Republican Party the part, is now the, in. And the religious rights. When God is an angry white male – out to get you if you're not perfect. That leads to really bad decision-making yes. on the part of believers. And you see that in, I mean, the perfect microcosm is Christine O'Donnell, who, yeah. if you watch those videos, Crooks and Liars has them up of her, and, and this was several years ago, and she was young, and you can, if she comes out and says, you know, this isn't me anymore, and so forth, although apparently, according to one email, she's also been really involved in the... Um, convert the gaze to straightness. Yeah, so that, that comes the big shock. Get, yeah. She's going to get slammed no matter what if she's going to start if if she's going to remain true to her controlling attitudes towards sex in terms of mm-hmm. pushing that into policy issues. Um, well, and, and you you yourself, Blue Gal, had a video up at your site if I remember correctly in the last day or two showing the exact moment when Castle, Castle lost. Castle lost was crazy Eileen holding up her birth certificate in a Ziploc bag around her neck to Mike Castle and he, him saying Barack Obama is a citizen of the United States. He had the nerve to speak the truth and that yes. killed him. Right. You know? And you but, can't which you are no longer allowed to do on the right. <laughs> no, no. But but it's about purity. It's about the purity yep. of the the cause. And if you're not 100% pure, then you're the devil. Yeah. Yeah, but getting back to the idea of God as the angry white male, and if you watch these videos on Crooks and Liars of her talking about needing to save this per- this precious gift of sexuality until after marriage and it being between a man and a woman, basically what she's saying is the only person I can sleep with looks like my God. 
yes. angry white male who's told me exactly when and in exactly what way, exactly how to express that. And the God that she's sleeping with, and it's really, this really is a creepy, sexualized, parental, father, Sac- incest. There's a whole sacrament. Bunch of sacrament, yeah. sacrificial. You know, it, there's something incredibly creepy about how all of this pieces together psychologically. And well, there's a, there's a line from the Southern um, Baptist Conference, mm-hmm. the hardcore right conference, about the woman's job is to submit herself to her husband. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, it's very, it's very. If you think about it, it's very Muslim in its in its well, phrasing, in a certain way. Fundamentalism is fundamentalism, and it's not about it's God. submission it's to the will control. of your husband. Yeah, it's yeah. not about a God who is love. It's not about a God who is nurturing. It's about control, and it's about controlling yourself and being perfect for God. It's also about controlling those people who aren't of the body, and uh-huh. therefore are going to go to hell, or they're going to be rejected, or. And this was something that came up in a book I'm reading called If God is Love. And um, Mulholland is one of the authors. I'm sorry, I don't know the other one. If you believe that this angry male God is all-encompassing and you serve that one true God and you're, you know, and whether it's fundamentalist Christianity or fundamentalism of any other religion, you know, Uh you're the one, you're the chosen, and then your goal is to get to the heaven of that God. Mm-hmm. You're excused to do anything you want to get to that goal, including yes. manipulating people. You can manipulate well, and, anybody you want. And you have to protect the white virginal vajayjay at all costs because yeah, yeah. that's where your future generations of Christian warriors are going to come yep. sprouting out of. Yep. And that's where you know, if you go back to our own southern history, very recent southern history, the thing that drove southerners and still drives southerners absolutely fucking crazy is the idea of a black man, yeah. Yeah. of a non-white, non-Christian person, you know, uh, stealing the flower of their southern oh, yeah. womanhood. That oh, yeah. that is the darkest. Of a nation. Ugliest. That was the yeah. whole yeah. The whole thing. She'd rather jump off a cliff, you know, and die rather than, you know, be, be touched by the black man. And so that's why the Ku Klux Klan is there to protect American white womanhood. Yeah, but yeah. it's it's female sexuality. Especially white female Christian sexuality mm-hmm. is such an it's such a wild and uncontrollable and primal force mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that it must be brought under control. But that's what's because, so interesting about the Tea Party then is that mm-hmm. so much of the ground so many of the ground forces of the Tea Party and the candidates of the Tea Party are women. And mm-hmm. I think what's happening there, and I've written about this in the past, is that Tea Party politics and this brand of Christianity is what gives a certain class and a certain educational status of white women who are nervous and worried about the future and worried about their kids' future in terms of economic stability, not in terms of the environment, unfortunately, but in terms of economic insularity that they've lost in the past 40 years. Mm -hmm. That anxiety leads to a rush to safety in gentility. Yes. And gen- the only way that someone who's not educated, you can get gentility from education. You can mm-hmm. get gentility from money, from being rich. Yes. And, buy, and then you're forgiven you all things. Buy. Yes, you can yeah. buy it. You, um, you're but, forgiven all things if your gentility arises from your right. wealth. And you can get gentility by getting dressed up and going to church on Sunday. Sure. Those are the three ways that a woman of a certain socioeconomic class can get gentility. And by pretending that sexual purity is somehow this gateway to gentility as well, 
uh, I was watching the poster child <laughs> for <laughs> gentility in the wealthy Republican Party, M- Megan McCain. Uh-huh. She was on John Stewart last week, pimping her book. What is it called? Sex and politics, or sexy, oh, uh, sexy, dirty, dirty sexy, yeah. dirty sexy politics. Dirty yeah. sexy politics. While sitting on, you know, on the trunk of an elephant. Right. Hump, yeah. hump, hump. We got yeah. it. Yeah. No one pretends that Meghan McCain is practicing abstinence. Nobody no. pretends that. And no. her complaint that was so perfect and that it encapsulated this issue, how mean people were to her on the on the campaign trail within McCain's GOP party staff mm-hmm. saying to Meghan McCain, you're dressing like a tramp and you're saying things that are hurting the campaign. And mm-hmm. then Meghan McCain said, while a pregnant teenager was on the stage. <laughs> that's right. And, and, and you uh, realize, and that's okay. oh my gosh, you know, it's yeah. okay because we can er- just erase that. Oh, she made a mistake. And just, er- you know, everyone in the Republican National Convention that year had someone in their family or knew someone in the ch- their church who'd gotten pregnant out of wedlock or they'd done yep. it them own- their own selves. And, yep. you know, we all know that, you know, there's, there's, there's no mud throwing going on here. Apparently Barack Obama was conceived out of wedlock and we know Sarah Palin's huh? oldest son who's, off in Iraq was conceived out of wedlock, so you know this is not no, anything but, anybody as as, is casting aspersions on. But as as except that they're holding up, mm-hmm. you know, Christianity a and very, well, a very specific kind of Christianity, yeah, right? A real specific, depraved. I would argue almost anti-Christianity. Yeah, yeah. That that they desperately need to preserve their identity, social and cultural order, and at the heart of that order is. You know, our and women. It, yeah, it is, and it is about control. Absolutely. Uh-huh. You're listening to the professional left, professionalleft.blogspot.com. But just getting back to Megan McCain, you know, no one is pretending that she practices abstinence or doesn't masturbate or any of that because no. she's a duchess. She right. is exactly. She has money. She has access to power. She comes mm-hmm. from brewmaster royalty. <laughs> Yeah, and, yeah. Well, and, and, and military royalty. And too. military royalty. Yeah. And there's no question that she doesn't have to practice sexual uh, abstinence or purity in any way to be better than you. No. But Sarah Palin does. And O'Donnell and people that are of a lower class of people, this is it always comes back, and now I sound like such a Marxist, I know. Well, yeah, too bad. I know. It, all, it always comes down to class, to what it, class it are you in, to which class do you aspire, and uh-huh. how are you going to get there? And if, you're the, if the only way you can get there, if you don't want to study, if you don't want to go and get a degree someplace, which this just it, it just astonishes me, the number of media people are saying Sarah Palin needs to do her homework and she'll be a great candidate. She's had yeah. so many opportunities to do her homework bet- since 2008, and she, she doesn't, doesn't want to. to. She doesn't, she doesn't want, want to do to. it. Well, you know, and, and just as a, a brief aside, whatever you think of his flaws or virtues – the perfect example in public life right now of the contemporary American dream is a guy named Barack Obama. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Single mother, um, raised Mixed you know, race, by in a broken you know. home, yeah. who, who simply applied the hell out of himself, yep. got himself into good schools on the basis of his, his accomplishments, got himself elected on the basis of his abilities. His smarts, yeah. And has a wife and two kids and lives in a very pretty white house up, up at the top of the hill. <laughs> and, you know, and, and the idea that, that this mixed race guy with a Harvard degree who speaks like a CEO and ha- is, is very centrist and very mm-hmm. center-right, I would argue, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. this is what the American dream is supposed to look like. Yeah. 
And the idea that this, you know, this disgruntled, enraged, paranoid trailer trash. Yeah, yeah. Look at yeah. that. And say, I will never have that. That yep. is so far yep. beyond my yep. reach. I can never have that. Therefore, I hate that. Yep. You know, and to the, to the extent that they hate Obama and invent paranoid theories about his background and his real motives and so forth, that's the extent to which these people really hate this country. Yep. Really, really deep down despise this country. These are the old Confederate. Well, they don't want it to be the land of opportunity. They want it to be the land of insularity for their people to be safe. Christian conservative people. To be safe and stable, have a stable economy at the expense of everyone else. They will be in the plantation, at the plantation, safe and wealthy and superior to every other race and every other group. By condition of their birth. Of their birth, and, exactly. And, 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 their, and their personal relationship with Jesus. And that's anti-American. It's profoundly anti-American. Yeah, yeah. You're listening to The Professional Left, professionalleft.blogspot.com. This is still dominating our politics. Our media will not punish failure or incompetence on the right and will not acknowledge correctness and, and authority on the left, which is why – we're having such a problem, I think, this year uh, in, in our political conversation. Liberals don't get that among people who believe, the hard right who believe that everything having to do with government is wrong, mm-hmm. we keep wanting them to understand that, well, no, you have health care now. And, and, the, and you know, the deficit's actually down. Mm-hmm. And all this stuff's being paid back. And all they hear is socialism, socialism, socialism. They believe the government should be obliterated. And they've been brainwashed into believing yes. that. And we on the left keep believing that if we just get them to understand how good these programs are and how thoughtful they are and how helpful they'll be, they'll come along with us. And they've been told, no, no, everything having to do with government is a, is a Marxist plot to you know destroy Christianity and make your children gay. On and, topic, on yes. topic, do you remember <laughs> this moment at the very end of the 2004 presidential campaign uh-huh. when George W. Bush said, and it was Bush v. Gore, so it was 2000, excuse me. Yes. Bush v. Gore, at the very end of the 2000 presidential campaign, where George Bush gave a speech, and he said, they're talking about Social Security like it's some kind of government program. Oh, yeah, I do remember. And and there was some other issue that everyone was asking Al Gore about, and he said, I don't want to talk about that. I want to talk about George Bush pretending that Social Mm -hmm. Security isn't a government program. Right. And no one... Wanted to even talk about that. That was well, because just... Al, because Al Gore is fat, <laughs> and he's you know, and he's boring. well, he wasn't fat then. He was boring, no, and he'd angered a lot of progressives at that point yes. too. There's no but, doubt about that. Uh-huh. But that was a clear example, and still is a clear example of how it's government programs are bad. But my Social Security and my Medicare don't touch that. That's not a government program. You're not allowed to say that that's a government program. Well, and, and let's let's let's. And let's gotta also be the, that's got to be the issue in this campaign and every other one, which is if we want security for the middle class, for the for if if you're a white middle class woman and you want security for your family and your uh, future, think about your social security benefits. Do you want them turned over to Wall Street or do you want them to stay the way they are? And if well, you're conservative say, enough, conservative enough to want them to stay the way they are, you have to vote Democrat. Well, let me just tell you, Blue Girl, that's just a typical thing a liberal that's would say. That's a typical thing a liberal would say. You're listening to the Professional Left Podcast, professionalleft.blogspot.com. Speaking of abstinence, I think yes. Chris Matthews has had his share. <laughs> oh, you know, those women voters who are so mad about Hillary. 
Yeah. They'll be out in full force. You know, this is excitement. This is enthusiasm. You look at the enthusiasm and it just carry these late primaries that just carry on and the female enthusiasm, you just can't stop that. I, and, I heard him say that. And I then Rachel just... Maddow just looked at him like, are we in the same studio? Because it's a good thing uh-huh. you're over at your hardball desk because <laughs> I uh-huh. would be dope slapping you yeah. from here really? to countdown. <laughs> you know? That's like, a... <laughs> what, what an exciting new uh, view of uh, female psychology. Yeah, from, uh, yeah. We vote with our vaginas. We do. Stuck. We just, you know. It's that delightful Neanderthal, absolutely unfiltered attitude. Yeah. Um, that is just makes him kind of bizarre and, and amusing to watch because it really is, wow, you really are just stalled out in the 50s, aren't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. You know, well, well, and, well, and so is Christina O'Donnell. I mean, this is the yeah. thing. And that doesn't mean there are – a lot of suburban white women who want to be stuck back there because they see economic security in that. It was safe. And there's something to be said for helping those women voters to recognize that the way that security will come about is uh-huh. through responsible government of our country. You know, yeah. that's really it. But, and in the uh, middle of that of that of a conversation about governance and and politics and electoral strategy, mm-hmm. you know, here comes Chris Matthews going, hey, you know, chicks, what are you going to do with them? <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. <laughs> what do you want to do with these broads? You know, eh, they'll, they'll these broads are all going to vote the same. You know, they're just they're all alike. <laughs> they got they got one brain between them, and they they're led around by by their vajayjay. What yeah. are you going to do? What are you going to do? Like, you know, it's wow, all- dude. Honestly, that's honestly. remarkable that you you know. But hey, you know, he has nine TV shows and. Yeah, he does, and, uh, and and lots of contacts, and doesn't mind talking to Newt Gingrich because he's so smart. So he's a, he's a smart guy, you know. Smart guy. His, uh, his, ah. his blonde Christian wife. So wow, wow. Shall we? And, and I, I took my gloves off on her this week too. By the way, permanently, I permanently, I forever. She's huh? she's in my <laughs> she's in my crosshairs like Sarah Palin has the crosshairs on her website. Well, uh, Callista is her first name. Callista Gingrich. I will be forever using her as a target for my satire. <laughs> she is <laughs> literally gentle. made to order. She's made to order. She's made yeah. to order she because not only is she, a, you know, I can be completely admitting that it's sexist to talk talk about her like she's a blow up sex doll, to talk about her blondness, to talk about her being uh, you know, cookie cutter and, and yeah. an adulterer, and uh, I, you know, all of that. Is not an issue, but she's a fascist, (laughs) and she cooperates with fascism, and that is when I draw the line and say, okay, it is open season on Callista Gingrich. Got that, everybody? Watch Uh out. I had been listening to last week's podcast about how Barack Obama gets his groove back and talking about the autobiographies that he wrote, one of which was called Faith of My Father. And I found it really interesting that within one week, we have people on the extreme right, namely Dinesh D'Souza and Newt Gingrich, destroying or attempting to destroy those books by just taking the title completely out of context and suggesting that Barack Obama was being controlled by the ghost of his dad. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and you've summed it up. I mean, the the extreme right Mm -hmm. is now Newt Gingrich. Exactly. You know, the extreme, there is no middle right anymore. Let me ask you a question about that, because uh-huh. I think when Morning Joe said, what is he doing? What is he doing? Yeah. You know, what is the end game for Newt Gingrich? He's, everyone talks about how smart he is. Yeah. He's got to know that he's unelectable. 
He's got to know that. Do you think that he has, although maybe he just has that complete blind spot of thinking he is electable? I don't know. Well, you know, Rupert Murdoch is unelectable, too, and wields enormous power. That's Um, true. Newt Gingrich, you know, never forget how absolutely fucking evil Newt Gingrich is, Mm -hmm. not for a minute. However smart he is, he is a he's a really, really loathsome, racist, despicable human being Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, who whether or not he's racist in his heart, I don't know. But he is happily he's George Wallace happy to play that card when it suits him. And Newt Gingrich, uh, I remember Chris Matthews saying yesterday, the day before, I think it was Chris Matthews about about the playbook. Mm-hmm. Now, now Newt's running the far right playbook. What's what's he trying to do? Yeah, which is and, so like, Chris Matthews to say, like, put it that way. You know? dude, yeah. dude, Newt wrote the far right playbook. Yeah. I mean, literally wrote yeah. the far right playbook. For those of you who don't remember, Newt Gingrich created a thing for his his group called GoPack for the class of ninety four. Yeah, for the class yeah. of ninety four, and it was a videotape, and it was an audio tape, and it was a it was a manual. It was a training session. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and it was it was. I know a lot of you out there have have you know despaired that you're ever going to talk like Newt, because mm-hmm. you know and and words are powerful things. So here's a list of words to use every time you talk about a Democrat, and they were, you know, traitor, liberal, coward, yellow, et cetera, et cetera. And it was completely Orwellian. Mm-hmm. It was an, it was a complete attempt to to utterly demonize and delegitimize anybody who's to the left of Newt Gingrich, and to to the to the to you know. The idea that he has grown up or gotten better or found a conscience in the last 20 years is absurd. Mm-hmm. New Kingridge will always be this scummy, bomb-throwing lunatic, but he's a very smart bomb-throwing lunatic. And you know, it, if you create enough chaos, mm-hmm. le- you know, any, anybody can rise to power. And, and Newt's job the entire time he's been in public life has been to sow dissent, create anger, invent enemies, and attack them. And he's always been ahead of the curve. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So when he was a bomb-throwing lunatic um, on the right, an articulate one at that, but a bomb-throwing lunatic on the right, people looked at him and sort of was like, wow, that's really amazing. And he's certainly a force on the right, but then he became Speaker of the House. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's, a new, that's an enormously powerful position. That is, that is in the line of presidential succession yes, power. Yes, it is. Right, right. And so he was third from the president. Yes, yeah. Um, for, uh, you know, a few years. And mm-hmm. he got there by be- behaving like a monster. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And his party has only become more psychotic. And they've caught up with him. Yeah. The average teabagger now thinks and speaks the way Newt Gingrich programmed them to think and speak 20 years ago. Yeah. And so, so why not? Okay. So he is just after power. And he'll get oh, yeah. it whether he's elected or not. He will have exactly. power. And that's... Yes. The idea that, that Murdoch and, and Rush Limbaugh have more power mm-hmm. than most elected officials yeah. is lost on people who are mesmerized by elections. Yeah, yeah. Now, yeah. the other person, remember the other person who was um, a star, a hero in 1994 was Rush Limbaugh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. They, and they, they thanked they, him for their their jobs, for their seats they, in the House. Exactly. Absolutely. They lined up and kissed his ring. This was, yeah. remember, this was 15 years ago, 16 yeah. years ago. Yeah. When, when your right-wing friends tell you he's just an entertainer, he doesn't matter, he's not elected, remind them that 15 years ago, Republicans were lining up around the block to kiss his ring and yeah. thank him for being the majority maker. Yep, and gave him a plaque. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. yeah. And those two guys are still around, still wielding power, and again, they, they have driven the right so far into the toilet that they're now they're now on a level playing field. And apparently have, Newt Gingrich doesn't have to be careful about what he says anymore. No. Because if you can say, well, you know, the problem is that President Obama is so 
out there that we can't even comprehend him. And as you always say, fundamentally, 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 fundamentally we don't understand how he's been possessed by a ghost. The ghost of his father. Yeah. yeah. Well, right. It's like the ghost of Mrs. Muir, except yeah. with uh, Muslims, you know? Except with black people. <laughs> people are Muslims. We want to thank our listeners. We have some great emailers. People have emailed us. They're um, very long, and they use lots of big words. They use lots so of big words. I will simplify. Blue Gal will read and get all the language correct, and I will simplify. What what this emailer is saying is conservative bad. Conservatives suck. Yeah, yeah. No, we get we some extremely thoughtful, learned, multi-paragraphed essays. Yeah, that are um, really good. That are really lovely. Email us now. Our email address is proleftpodcast at gmail.com. You can email us anytime. That goes into both of our email boxes, so we'll, we'll get them, get your email simultaneously, and and mm-hmm. and answer them unsimultaneously. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> and, I'm more ponderous and slow in my response. Well, and I try to get back to you right away, so <laughs> to yes. clean it out. So we would love to hear from you again. It's proleftpodcast at gmail dot com. We want to let you know again about our website. Our website is professionalleft.blogspot.com. And at our website, you can listen to past episodes for free. There's a free player there. And there is an opportunity for you to contribute to our po- – what's that? <laughs> well, the Internet yes. kitties think it's time. I'm, I'm afraid so. <laughs> I'm afraid continue, Google, but the, the Internet kitties, um, you know, are all they're, – they're really terrified that Christine O'Donnell's uh, policies will, will result in less pussy petting. <laughs> And they read that as a direct threat to their... And they're going to interrupt this podcast to let you know. Hey, hey, teabagger, leave those cats alone. (laughs) I'm sorry, Blue Gap. That's okay. That was a lovely interruption. (laughs) Uh, At our website, there is an opportunity for you to contribute. Uh, and and we love getting $5 contributions. We should say something along those lines because those $5 contributions, I know it's hard for some people to give anything. And mm-hmm. the people who for whom it is hard to give anything, when they throw 5 bucks in the hat, that is such a vote of confidence in what we're doing. I really want it to is. thank you guys for doing that. Uh, it, it makes a huge difference for us. And uh, when we get that, we think, wow, somebody really believes in what we're doing. So thank you from the bottom mm-hmm. of our hearts for your generosity in throwing five bucks in the hat. We really appreciate it. We do. Now, <laughs> apparently the Internet kitties are ready to go. They're, they're through. <laughs> they want to know, okay, where the fuck is Delaware? podcast is produced under a Creative Commons license, copyright 2010, Driftglass Blue Gale Podcast.